If there is a hard high wall and an egg that breaks against it, no matter how right the wall or how wrong the egg, I will stand on the side of the egg. Why? Because each of us is an egg, a unique soul enclosed in a fragile egg. Each of us is confronting a high wall. The high wall is the system which forces us to do things we would not ordinarily see fit to do as individuals. We are all human beings, individuals, fragile eggs. We have no hope against the wall. It's too high, too dark, too cold. To fight the wall, we must join our souls together for warmth, strength. We must not let the system control us, create who we are. It is we who created the system. So that was part of the Japanese novelist Haruki Murakami's acceptance speech uh, for the Jerusalem Prize back in 2009. And I'm John Fanning, and this is the Create with John Fanning podcast. How's it going? How are you all doing out there? Hope you are all doing well. And so this is episode three of my series of episodes on creativity based around my book Create. And first off, uh, thank you for all the positive feedback to the first two shows or episodes. Uh, I really appreciate it. And to all of you who've started supporting the podcast on Patreon, thank you so much. I'm very grateful. Uh, It's energizing me to keep doing this. Um, uh, However, some of you, many of you creators I really trust, uh, told me um, firstly that the intro should have been half the length and that the second episode should have been two episodes one on creativity and then the next on what is a creator um, and then secondly said I need to spell people's names out as this form is the spoken word and not everyone is going to go to my website to, to look at the links and uh get the correct spelling of an individual I'm talking about so that's a fair point and I'll uh, I'll do that uh, in the future uh, I hadn't even thought about it before I'm used to looking at stuff on paper and um, thinking that that's what I'm uh, saying is on uh, in the written word not in the spoken word so sorry about all that um, I was actually going to take down the episodes and do them again and I even went forward and researched for hours how to technically do that until uh, my wife Kerry told me to just just leave them there. Um, she said that they're an example of creativity um, because, you know, essentially creativity is messy and you have to learn from your mistakes as you grow um, and as you go. Um, also, um, people only ever look at the last thing you did, especially for movies, but... Uh, It'll be the last ten episodes or the the last book uh, that you wrote. Uh, excuse me. So the first two will get um, buried, she said, um, by my tenacity, she said, uh, to keep putting out episodes. So this episode and everyone after it is going to be under 30 minutes. Um, well, around 30 minutes, hopefully. Some of them will be about 35, maybe 40 perhaps but um and especially the interviews will be much longer but i really want to try and keep it under 30 um 25 minutes perhaps being a um a good mark 
But um, last time I said I'd get into um, family and friends and villains. But that'll bring me over that 30 minute mark I was just talking about. So today I want to talk generally about walls. As the next 10 episodes, at least, are going to be about walls away from creativity. Um, before I move on to doors towards creativity. And I want to start with an anecdote about when I left Europe for the first time to come here to the States. Um, and it's about my first apartment in America, which was out in Brooklyn, um, where I was, when I first got here, I was sleeping on the floors out there with um, some Irish immigrants out in Sunnyside in Queens. Um, but uh, that wasn't my first apartment, so obviously I was um, bunking with friends. And they'd warned me... Um, Whatever I do, I don't live in Brooklyn. You know, this sort of place is an abomination. Um, but anyway, um, a month later, I was living in a railroad apartment beside a scrapyard um, in Brooklyn. <laughs> With a, There was a drug dealer and his immense dog. Uh, it's kind of wolf-esque type thing. Um, another abomination. But anyway, um, he was on the bottom floor and I had this huge Puerto Rican family upstairs who were practicing uh, Santeria a lot. Uh, judging by the amount of dancing and singing that was going on up there. And uh, the one conversation I actually had with the father was um, um, of the family consisted of references to Orishas um, and possession by spirits, you know, with a little sprinkling of Catholic saints uh, in there. <laughs> Uh, it was kind of a bizarre conversation, but uh, so um, one day uh, I was in the apartment for about a month, and uh, my Irish friends had gotten uh, curious, um, and they came. I, I came home from work to find a pair of them uh, outside the front of the apartment building, uh, waiting for me on the stoop, um, looking a bit uh, leery of the guy who was sitting there, my my neighbour from downstairs. But anyway, uh, they'd cycled uh, from Sunnyside to surprise me. And they, they looked a bit worried, obviously. Uh, and uh, so I invited them in upstairs. And, of course, as we came in uh, the door, the, the, the wolf dog uh, hurled himself against the, the backyard door when we were entering into the building. Um, and uh, because they were sitting on the soup, they've already met the owner who was... Uh, you know, if they're asking them if they wanted some, they told me later. You know, some meaning cocaine or whatever it was he was trying to sell. But, um, which added to, um, the craziness of what they first, um, then saw my, my situation to be there. So when I locked the door to the apartment, we, we could see that the, uh, the wolf, uh, down the backyard, or uh, in the backyard there, barking his head off, um, going mental. And uh, why could we see it? You know, you're wondering. Uh, are you just thinking I'm looking out the window? You know, but uh, now we had a full-on view of the whole backyard because there was no wall in my kitchen anymore. And uh, I found out later it was the family upstairs that, you know, in fair to commas, forgotten to switch off the water in their bath, and uh, it had seeped into me wall, and that necessitated the removal of all the sheetrock by. Uh, some of the tattooed employees of the slumlord while I was at work. Um, and, uh, of course, all my friends' worst fears had become manifest, you know. 
uh, from the drug dealer to the, <laughs> the wall missing in my kitchen and and then they just looked around the apartment in horror you know there's a besides my bicycle and some clothes um the only furniture i had was a mattress on the floor in, the, in my so-called bedroom and uh <laughs> one of them never talked to me again you know um but um every one of these things uh, the reason I'm saying this story or telling this story is that every one of those things should have been a wall to me uh, moving out of Sunnyside uh, to, you know, um, one of the suburbs of, of of Ireland I would call Sunnyside, you know. Um, uh, so, like my friends, uh, a lot of Irish immigrants move all the way from Ireland to America and, um, you know, they hardly ever leave the four walls of or the walls of the, of the Irish communities that they live in, like Sunnyside. And it's not to say that those places aren't good places to live, it's just, uh, for me, it wasn't uh, where I wanted to be hanging out after moving thousands of miles away into a different culture. But but the guy who never talked to me again, he, he, um, he'd worked in the MTA for 10 years, and he'd never seen Manhattan. And, you know, I thought that was mental, you know. It's like you're here in New York City, this amazing place and you'd never be going into Manhattan I presume he went in for legal stuff you know for his green card stuff and all that but um, other than that he refused point blank to go in there he thought it was all like uh, crazy people and drug dealers and all that so um, there I was um, moving out to Brooklyn um, and enacting the, the parable of the lost sheep you know again and that's an episode I'll get into later on um, one of these walls that it's put in front of us um but uh some the black sheep leaving my leaving me people behind me you know like getting up onto the onto the fence and leaping out of the enclosure you know away from those um walls you know and then when i landed the other side of the enclosure you know getting out of my that walled environment of my culture i landed in the right place um i got a job after that in a the now defunct cafe in um, what was then a really vibrant and edgy and still of still a affordable East Village, you know. Um, and in that coffee shop, I met my real people, um, uh, creators living on the cheap, well, cheap by New York standards anyway. And again, as I as I mentioned in the last episode, as with Camden Town in London. They were doing whatever they had to do to just keep creating and um, my willingness to step outside the walls of Sunnyside and embrace America or the States as such and um, honour the, the, the culture I was in, just as I, I did when I was living in France all those years, you know, I embraced the French culture um, just as much as I honour the Irish culture I come from. But um, So it, it was like by... By leaving that, um, you know, cocoon of uh, my own culture, it led me to meeting all these different people, you know, all these many different types of uh, creators um, uh, in New York. And, uh, you know, I would never have met my wife, you know, a creator herself, um, if I hadn't left that um, and went to Brooklyn and went to... Uh, Manhattan, unlike that guy. Um, so I would never have met any of the these poets and screenwriters and musicians and artists and um, <laughs> all these mad eccentrics. 
and um, you know, like film editors and designers and um, students and photographers. If I hadn't let, left behind the protective um, safe walls of my own culture, so by embracing a new culture and a new group of people, other creators, I felt more at home. And um, actually, one of those creators, an American screenwriter, uh, one I met on all those years ago in that coffee shop in East Village, one that once asked me this question um, while I was on retreat, or while while uh, she was on retreat at our place in our writers and artists retreat down the south of France. Um, she she stopped me and she said. Uh, why have you built a wall about doing this non-fiction book, John, on creativity? Um, and I kind of looked at her and I said, uh, well, because I write novels. <laughs> and uh, she, she responded and she said um, something really interesting that always stayed with me. And it's, um, it was like, I write, I write uh, screenplays, John, and I paint, and I knit, and I tango. Um, so should I should I stop painting and knitting and dancing just because I'm a screenwriter? So um, she had me, um, you know, uh, pardon the pun, uh, basically up against the wall, you know, a wall of my own creating, you know, um, not wanting to create the create book um, because I just thought, oh, I'm a novelist, you know, that's not my thing. Um, and so about a week later, she said to me, uh, she uh, continued, you know, and <laughs> she said to me, you know, uh, there's about as many walls to creation as there are leaves in that forest out there. And and that was the first time that this metaphor of walls came to me, um, inspired by that, that screenwriter from New York. So I have her to, her to thank for, 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 that, uh, for this metaphor that I've been using, you know, walls and doors. And, um, you know, artists and writers and screenwriters and inventors, um, um, they're all different, um, every one of them, and we're all different from each other, but we're all the same too, because we're all, um, have one thing in common, and, and it's those walls, that forest of walls, and, you know, we all suffer, you know, all creators suffer, all human beings suffer, but creators suffer, um, when they're trying to create and at times they just can't create you know they make mistakes I saw it so many times um, at our retreat and then I experienced it myself so many times you know you just have an off day and you just can't do anything and that's a wall and and so what would those creators do and what do I do um, when that wall hits you you know um, and basically it's just acceptance. Um, you have to accept that you're having an off day. Uh, what someone once called, I think it was somebody who came on retreat or maybe it was a writer that I read once, um, call it an inspiring dry patch. That's <laughs> always stayed with me. It's a very cool way of looking at those, um, the wall of um, not feeling that you're you're getting anywhere and that you just have to keep working anyway irrespective of it's just a few words you know um, as opposed to three or four pages or uh, just a few dabs on a on a on a paint on a, a canvas as opposed to you know f getting a whole painting done in a day 
So they know the off day is just a wall. And uh, as um, creators, they know that it'll eventually disappear. So there's many different walls. And as I said before, I'm going to get into all the a lot of walls that I've come up against or experienced or talked about with other creators. Um, but um, if we're thinking of the, the, the biggest wall, like the wall of walls as such, um, that would be fear. And, uh, you know, fear is this oh, oftentimes seems like the, one of the most insurmountable of walls. And we all have it, you know. It's insidious. Um, I have it. And I've known many very successful creators. Um, and they're no different. They have it too. And their fears are the same as mine, as yours. Um, as anybody that's trying to um, move into creativity, uh, creativity or move towards creativity. And the, the, the nasty negative ego mind voice that comes up um, usually starts off like in some kind of uh, cliche like um, oh, I've nothing new to say. That's the kind of thing that comes into your head. Or another thing would be oh it's all been done before you know or uh, it's all been written or directed or created. Or um, uh, another voice would be like, oh, well, even when I get it done, it's going to be crap. You know, so people will pretend it's good. And uh, when, you know, that's the voice will say, um, it's, you, you're, you're, pretend, you're pretending to yourself that it's good. Um, and they'll, pre- they'll pretend to you that it's good. And when they really think it's crap. Um, so even I will think it's crap because I'll never be able to create it the way I envisioned it. You know, this is the, this is, so these are the kind of voices or walls that start coming up in your head. Um, and that's fear, you know. It all leads to the same thing. You, you hit this wall and um, it moves you away, further away from creativity. And and basically what that wall has written on it, um, if you stop and just look at it, is uh, don't do it, you know. Uh, give up so basically all of those mental traps all that rubbish talk is always going to arrive back at that don't do it just give it up so anything that says in the end don't do it that's the ego or the mind you know the mind with a well with a small m not a capital m um and this mind ego just creates fear, you know, it creeps in everywhere. And every time you're about to try to create anything, you know, this is what happens, you know. And there's many famous examples of this. Um, uh, Maria Callas, um, you know, famously would sink her nails into the arms of whoever was there before she went on stage to sing, you know. She was terrified, you know, the fear had gotten into her. Um, and she was the greatest opera singer in the world at the time. And and she still thought she'd get found out, you know. So she'd have those voices in her head as well. Um, that she felt that she, she wasn't good enough or that her voice would fail. Or, um, that she wouldn't be able to give it give it her best, you know. Um, and then people would laugh at her, you know. And so this is um, Maria Callas, um, you know. And she's going through this kind of imposter syndrome 
and these other uh, levels and and vagaries vagaries of uh, fear, you know. And so, um, the answer um, to this fear or to this this wall of walls is, um, you know, just do what you love, um, just sing anyway. Um, and to get through that wall, you just have to walk out onto the stage of what it is you're trying to create and sing. And do it passionately. Just live passionately. Um, you create anyway. Knowing that the fear, that wall, is simply just part of the process. Um, and another um, example that comes to mind is Rodin. Um, Rodin would do um, thousands of sketches. Literally thousands or hundreds of sketches before he'd start a sculpture. Um, he had a mad process. But... Um, but basically, what I just want to talk about how, you know, he'd do the sketches um, before he would come on to a moment um, of movement of the model. And he would stop them and uh, say, oh, that's it, after sketching and sketching. And you could say he was blocked because he's there, like, doing all these sketches, like he's not doing his sculpture, and that he was creating a wall. Or you could just see it the way he saw it, as... Um, waiting he was just uh, preparing for the right moment the right movement to sculpt and like Rodin um, you have to wait for the solution to come and waiting is frustrating um, but it's part of the process and it will come naturally if we wait and switch the mind off and just allow inspiration to come again something I'll get into later is part of process but um so the only way to receive a solution is just to be there you know to keep on like sitting in the seat like i'm doing right now or taking the notes or like rodan sketching or like callus just keep on singing you know planting the seeds of creativity as such for the next um moment or the next performance so walls are a natural part of the process um, and we just have to accept them and begin again and know that um, they fall away with confidence like running up against the wall and trying to smash it down is just not going to work um, it, it it has to be approached in, with confidence and we have to allow the mind or the mind ego just to knacker itself out as they say in Ireland you know, or just tire itself out um, like sitting to meditate, you know, you have to just watch the thoughts coming until the thoughts just stop coming until you get to a moment where you're in a meditative space. It's the same for creativity. So by having the faith to accept that every wall will fall um, with time, then we can move towards creativity in a much much more um, zen or um, peaceful way, you know, instead of knocking our heads off the wall, you know. Um, and so we can move towards creativity and so uh, that's uh, basically what I wanted to talk about today walls and uh, thank you very much for listening and I started with a quote from um, a Japanese novelist um, but as I did last time in the last episode I'm going to end this episode with an Irish proverb and uh, this one literally means um, walls need spalls 
um, as well as large stones. So, and uh, a spall uh, is a word um, that basically means um, uh, a bit or a chip of a stone, you know, uh, that you get when you split a larger stone. And a good mason, like many of the ones that I met in France, you know, they could they could um, create a chip size, any size they wanted, just with the right hit of a hammer. Um, and then fit it into a little hole to hold up a bigger rock, you know, in the wall. And um, the word comes similarly from um, um, an old German word, spell, and, uh, which means to split similarly. And, of course, this would have been really important back in Ireland centuries ago because they didn't have cement, you know, they would have been using lime. Um and uh, sand um, and so to keep things together um, uh, they uh, they would often use just dry walls you know so there wasn't uh, so the little stones became kind of important to keep them in, in place so the, basically the proverb has kind of this sense of um, that it takes it takes all kinds of walls uh, or ki- all kinds of stones to make a wall you know, which is a kind of cool metaphor for, for what this episode has been about. And a balanced wall, if we look at walls from a holistic perspective, um, as are the ones that allow for the big things, um, or this, um, these balanced walls are ones that allow both small and big stones in life, you know, um, so there's there's small and there's there's uh, big walls, you know, or big zones in specific walls to creativity. So one balances the other, and sometimes the little things, the spalls, are what keep us balanced. But um, here's the quote anyway, or the the proverb, you know, in Irish. So Fioran spali da valley, come va mora. Fioran spali da valley, come va mora. So, um, this podcast is uh, supported, like I said the last time, by you, the listener, um, through the Patreon page. So, if you want to support it um, and help me get some mo- mo- money for it, uh, uh, because that's what I see this as, you know, as, as, as a job, you know, and you do a job, you get paid for it. But um, um, I love doing it. So, uh, please head over to patreon.com uh, forward slash John Fanning and uh, that's J-O-H-N-F-A-N-N-I-N-G where you'll be able to get um, this uh, episode early I'm going to put this out on a Wednesday and uh, you get access without all the ads you know all that crap um, and then extra episodes when I get around to getting some more up there and if you can afford it then um, it'd be great you know if you can't afford it that's grand too you know you can listen for free um, but if you can you know give me the uh, cost of a cup of tea like a cup of chamomile tea or a Guinness or something like that you know um, um, and uh, you know just based on kindness you know and uh, trying to get this uh, more support for this thing so thank you and um, and thanks for listening and if you want to listen to more uh, episodes then just go on to my website it's johnfanning.me and just hit the uh, the podcast tab uh, where I've put up transcripts with links to anything that I mention, you know. And uh, if you're into all that social stuff, um, I'm there on Twitter at uh, Fanning underscore J. 
and Instagram at uh, John Fanning underscore. So, um, yeah, that's it. Uh, it's been great sharing with you. Um, and uh, just take care until the, the next time. And try to be as benevolent as you can out there, you know. It's hard, but uh, if we try, uh, yeah, it's worth it. Uh, so, Shalon live, August, uh, Gunnarion Bauer live. <laughs>